Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey there, Get to Vet, Trevor Maxwell, and with me as always is my partner in podcasting. Mike Riggs, great to be back, fellas. And I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise that uh, it screwed up there a minute ago. So because I totally blew the intro on the the other recording we did. But yeah, we got the we got Jose back uh, for the last episode of season two, aka Jose's Planorama. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today? So today I want to I want to cover with you guys healthcare coverage and what to do. Um, as you approach your retirement from the service, or if you found that you are being medically retired because you've gone through the medical board. So we're going to talk about uh, health plans, TRICARE, non-TRICARE, VA enrollment, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That's good because I actually have a good buddy of mine uh, mm-hmm. who's going through the med board process right now. And that's something that I'm just not really familiar with. So I'm eager, eager to learn. Okay. So, uh, you know, so where to begin? So just, just like we did on the last, uh, last couple episodes, we talked about, you know, submitting your VA claims uh, when you get ready to retire or if you're being medically retired, you're going through the medical board through the IDES process that gets done for you if you're moving through the IDES. At the end of either process, they usually give you a list of instructions. They say, hey, here's a number to call. Make sure that you call when you get out and you update your deers and you update your healthcare. But that's pretty much it. And so I have a, I get a lot of questions about, hey, what do I do? What plan? How much? How much is it? Do I have to pay copays, et cetera, et cetera? So what I tell people is that at about ninety days out, once you know your separation date and you know that you are getting out and moving to wherever location in the United States or outside the United States, you need to start looking at your healthcare plans. If you are being medically retired, or if you are doing a regular retirement after 20, 30, or 40 years of service, you are eligible to receive TRICARE, you and your family. That has some limitations based off, let's say, the ages of your kids, whether they're going to college or not going to college, et cetera. But you and your family will be covered under TRICARE. Obviously, there's the website. You go to tricare.mil and you can figure out what uh, healthcare plans. Uh, you can either go Tricare Prime or Tricare Select. You can go Tricare Prime Remote, Select Remote. There's all these other different plans that you can look through and you can investigate as you move through. So as you move through this navigation, hold on, my wife is sign language. She's sending me sign language. Steal second. Okay. Okay, so sorry about that, guys. So, uh, you know, if, if you are staying on the East Coast, if you're staying on the East Coast, you're going to want to call TRICARE East, and that's 1-800-444-5445. That's the number for the East Coast. If you are going to the West Coast, California, stuff like that, you're going to dial 844-866-9378. That phone call is, anyone can make those phone calls after you separate, you call them and the conversation should go, hey, my name is Jose, I just got retired from the, from the Navy on the 31st of August, uh, I am now a veteran and I'd like to enroll into TRICARE. During that conversation, you should already have an idea of what 
plan you and your family are going to get into because you are no longer TRICARE active duty. You are now going to be moving to TRICARE retiree status. With that change, now you're going to pay a premium, right? For if it's by yourself, you pay a premium on your own. If it's you, let's say you're married with two kids, that's a premium. For me, I am married, two kids. Uh, my monthly premium is like $54 a month is what I pay every month. I am on TRICARE Prime, but I have kept my wife and my children on TRICARE Select. What does that mean that, you know, a lot of people think, well, we're all on Prime, we have to stay on Prime. No, you don't. You can go to another plan. You just have to understand that you're going to be paying some co-pays, you know, maybe a visit, maybe 12 bucks or 14 bucks a visit. Uh, you are going to get bills from your healthcare provider if you are on TRICARE Select. Um, if you have surgeries or if, let's say, your, deliver, your wife delivers, you will have to pay a portion of the bill. It's still not an insurmountable amount of money as, as compared to other health plans that are out there, right? So it's still very inexpensive and TRICARE covers a lot depending on where, on what plan you do and what plan you select. Now, you're probably wondering what's the cost? What group do I fall under? You will fall into certain groups like group A or group B and then it breaks it down even further into you know, copay is this much or that much, depending on what kind of care you see, you're seeking. All that is provided if you type in TRICARE cost sheet for FY22, and it gives you the cost breakdown of everything in the TRICARE plan, whether it's prime or select. Um, and that enables you to make a more educated uh, choice when selecting your, 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 day, your uh, healthcare. So, the key things with TRICARE though, in order to enroll, is that you need to have your DEERS updated, meaning your, your DEERS, which we've all updated throughout our active duty military career, which is making sure you have your current address, all your dependents are accurate, wife, kids, et cetera, they're all on there, all their information is accurate, ages, et cetera. You, know, you wanna make sure that's done, especially if you're relocating to a, to a new home um, once you get there. Secondly, for you, the service member that's being medically retired or even regularly retired, you need to make sure you have your DD-214 in hand because they will not let you, they will not enroll you until you are officially out as a veteran. That includes having a DD-214 and that's ensuring that DFAS has converted your active duty pay account to a retiree account because they're going to look at all that. It's going to, they're going to type in your name and it's either going to say eligible or ineligible. And what makes you ineligible are those things that I mentioned before. They didn't, they didn't audit your account correctly. And now that delayed your, your conversion of an account from active to retiree, or you didn't have your DD-214 in hand, which also delays the enrollment process, not only for TRICARE, um, uh, but it also delays other benefits that you're entitled to based off on having that DD-214, such as VA healthcare as well. So um, this is nothing that, this is nothing new. Uh, there is everything that you need is, uh, it can be found on the TRICARE website uh, just by looking through a few clicks and buttons and then you're, you're there and you have all the information at your fingertips. You can also call TRICARE case manager. If you need a case management, TRICARE has a case manager to manage your complex medical care. Um, what I advise people to do as well is that 
there may be a gap in healthcare that you may have because you're relocating, you're moving. Uh, and so there may be a month to, to maybe two months into where you're not being seen by a provider because you're in the midst of a new job and you're moving and everything's coming at you pretty fast. So make sure that you have enough medications to last you through that gap. Okay, nine, 60, 90 days of refills, making sure that you're telling your providers, hey man, I'm, uh, I'm, moving, to, I'm moving to England for a job, you know, and I've seen this happen where they move overseas. And, and I'm moving overseas and I don't, know, I don't know what's going on over there, but I need medication, you know. Uh, and then there's TRICARE overseas as well. And there are overseas TRICARE locations that you can, uh, that you can reach out to and you can uh, get access to healthcare through, through, through these services. So um, it can be very confusing, but it is in order to get it ahead of the game, it's better that you plan it out little by little. And like I said, at least 90 days out, you need to start putting an outline as far as what healthcare you're going to get and what plan you're going to enroll into and that your care isn't interrupted outside of the military for TRICARE purposes, right? So um, that's, that's it in a nutshell as far as TRICARE. Um, now, when you're moving... Any questions up to this point at all? Any, uh, any, um, anything I may have missed? I definitely have a C story for it, um, as I normally do. But uh, so when I was retiring, I made the choice. I was ignorant to the fact that I could stay prime and my family could go select. So I screwed that up because I would have done that. Uh, the second thing, so I went all select. Went out in town, found a provider, uh, a general practitioner or family medicine or whatever you want to call it. Um, found this guy downtown Norfolk, right? Takes TRICARE Select. That's the other thing people need to be aware of. If you think you're going to shop TRICARE Select, like, uh, you know, the other major insurance policies out there, you, you're you in for a little bit of an education because uh, let's just say uh, TRICARE kind of can be somewhat from a, I think from the medical perspective, from the business side, Tricare sometimes looked upon as like the uh, the Walmart of insurance, whereas you know the others are looked at more, you know, the upper tier, uh, the blue cross, blue cross and blue shield. The reason I'm bringing that up, my wife, you know, teaches for you know university in, in the state system, so we're also under hers, which is great. It's not very expensive. Uh, it makes sense just to have a little redundancy. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but so far it's worked out well for me. So. Back to, I found the provider out in town that finally would take TRICARE Select. I go out and I bring my retirement physical. I think I brought some other stuff that I submitted to the VA because obviously they're, they're starting from, from scratch. They, they, you know, it's like I've never been seen before because uh, the last time I was ever seen out in the civilian world under any type of medical, you know, type scenario was when I had my splenectomy in Tampa in 1999. So uh, in Tampa general. So, uh, needless to say, it'd been a while. The interesting thing is, so like some of us that have, you know, prescriptions that are a list of prescriptions that probably look like, uh, ingredients to very complicated, you know, recipe. Uh, cause I used to make fun of a guy I worked with cause we would go to Boone clinic for lunch. We go to lunch and stop at Boone clinic to get his medications and he would leave with a grocery bag a brown paper bag full of medications. Just pull around to the loading dock. We'll get Yep. You. Yep, exactly. And I used to make fun of them, but now I can't make fun of them too much anymore. But anyway, yeah. back to 
out in town, see this guy for the first time. Nurse comes in. She gets all the background stuff. She leaves. Yeah, Doc's going to be seeing you in a few minutes. He comes in and he starts going over, you know, things we talked about on here before. You know, what, what, why do you have, what's this TBI from? I'm like, well, you know, I, I was a explosive ordnance disposal technician in the Navy bomb squad. Okay, but do, do you, we're, you know, when did you ever have a TBI? I'm like, hey, man, I don't have, we don't have time to go through all the times. So let's just say I've had multiple. Okay. Cause if I tell you three of them, four of them, five of them, whatever, I'll forget. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have to call you later on and tell you more. But anyway, you know, you go into like the tinnitus tonight, as we talked about prior, the migraines, all this other stuff, this guy had real, no background or very, 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 very little interface with military or especially folks in like special operations and things like that. So trying to explain things to him was, was tough, you know, and, you know, fortunately I had been to NICO, I'd been to Intrepid Spirit, which in, in my mind, they're, they're playing absolute varsity ball in neuroscience. And this guy was questioning what their, uh, you know, what their treatment recommendations were and things like that. And I was really, really starting to, it was really starting to piss me off where I'm like, Hey man, I, I was, I was seen by the, you know, the varsity team of neuroscientists or neurologists and neuropsychs and psychologists, and all this other crap. And, you know, now we're going to sit down here and question all the conclusions that they came up with, which are working very well with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should, uh, I think you should look at a vegetarian diet. I think it would clear a lot of this up. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> That's my favorite story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the moral to this thing is, you know, there are military physicians that have retired that are out there. And if you get a hold of one, I got one that lives down the street from me, you know, they have a little, you know, their little brotherhood network of post military practice, so on and so forth. So what I recommend, if you're not moving to middle America and you're around somewhere and you're going to be a dumbass like me uh, and, and find that one guy, um, it would behoove you to shop around for your primary care mm -hmm. very selectively. And if you can find one of them that has military uh, experience and a military background and has an idea of what you have done in your previous life, <clears throat> it will pay off dividends in spades later on. Uh, because I, I got to the point, I got so frustrated with this guy. I was like, you know what the hell is it? I'm going to try the VA. And I tried the VA. Of course, they have massive amounts of experience with this because it's obviously the VA. But, you know, even then you can go in there and go, hey, uh, yeah, this is a job I had. And they'll kind of understand what you're talking about. But even then, there's a little bit of a learning curve every time you go and talk to somebody new. Because not all that, not all of your military records are uh, available to them when they're looking at your background. That's another thing. It, it's not a full, don't think that the 2,500 pages that I submitted to the VA for my claim gets to be seen by that uh, provider every time I go to the VA. That is absolutely not true because uh, they wanted me to redo a sleep study. And I'm like, I just had one a couple years ago. What's not in here? I got it at home. So I bring it, you know, back and forth. But, you know, just be, this is this process that we're talking about today can have um, consequence if you don't 
do your homework and learn, you know, listen to my stupid story and learn from my mistakes uh, because you can get, you know, I think you're only, there's only so much of a window where you get to choose which path you're going to go and then you got to wait till the next year. So I'm in uh, timeout right now until I can go back and I want to go back to prime. So it, even though when you go to prime and they don't have room or they don't have time to see you at Portsmouth and they punch you out in town, there's a pretty good chance that ball is going to land in a practice that they have seen veterans or retirees repeatedly or else they probably wouldn't be doing it. So uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, correct. No, those are all good points because that has happened, I think, to all of us. So, you know, when uh, just for example, when you're looking at the different plans, there's 11 different TRICARE plans and you have to navigate through that, right? There's prime, prime remote, prime overseas, prime remote overseas, TRICARE select, like we were talking about, select overseas, TRICARE for life, reserve select, retired reserve, there's TRICARE young, young adult, and there's U.S. family health plan. So each one has different criteria. Each one has a different cost. Uh, or no cost, it just depends, but you're absolutely right. I've been kicked out of uh, MTFs just because uh, for whatever reason, the CO or the Navy decides to say, oh, we're not going to take retirees. And then now I get a civilian doctor that doesn't even know what, uh, what I did in the Navy. Yeah, that actually happened there at Portsmouth. Yep. Yep. So, and that happened here in Great Lakes. And uh, luckily, I got a doctor that was a retired commander, family practice, and he understands. And, and so that makes things a lot better, especially when you start getting into the TBI PTSD counseling, because a lot of civilian counselors, they may have experience with PTSD, but it's not necessarily combat-related PTSD. Now, you, you're going to treat that differently than a PTSD that's non-combat-related, an MST or some other traumatic event. There's nuances there. I don't care what you can tell me, but there's nuances there. So Mike, you're right. It's just doing your homework and making sure that you're going through there and you are adequately, you know, making those choices um, to select the best doctor for your care. Um, so going a little bit back, you know, I mentioned group A, group B. So I'm looking at the cost sheet for 2022. So you're either going to be in group A or group B. If you're in group A, if your initial enlistment or appointment or that of your uniform services sponsor began before 2018. So like most of us, we, our service began before 2018. So that means that the three of us on this podcast right now are in group A. We fall under group A. You're in group B if your initial enlistment or appointment began after 2018. So anybody, your son that enlisted in the Navy yesterday would be in group B or your daughter, et cetera. But most <clears> of us probably on this podcast fall under group A. And then you scroll down and it tells you what your out-of-pocket expenses are for group A or group B. You know, for active duty service members, all covered services, zero, zero. So that's nice because you're active duty. Retirees, their families and all others. Uh, let's say you go do a preventative care visit. You don't pay anything for group A or group B. Let's say you go to a primary care outpatient visit. You're supposed to pay a $22 copay. Specialty care, $33. Urgent care visit, 30, 33 bucks. If you go to the ER, 67 bucks. If you go to the hospital, it's $168. So it gives you the cost breakdown and then it gives you even further 
uh, even further cost guidance, catastrophic cap, pharmacy costs, etc. cetera. Uh, all stuff that you can, in, in two clicks of Google, you can, miss, you know, Mr. Google has all the information, just reach out to him and he'll find, track your costs and fees for 2022, bam, pulls it up right there for you. I'll put that on, I'll put that out on LinkedIn and I'll put a uh, link yeah. to it in the show notes too. So yeah. people know where it's at. Cause I've gone through that before as yeah. well. So, so that is, that is, those are the costs of TRICARE and getting into, into that. Um, so also, I want to say too, go ahead. I want to yeah. jump on for a second yeah. because this was an eye opener and I saw some of this when I was, when I uh, lost my spleen playing flag football in 1999, but the interesting thing about, because you don't see it when you're used to having an IDC down the hallway and you can just go down there and get, you know, vitamin M or whatever the hell you need. Uh, you, even if you do, uh, you know, a stay in a, in a hospital or a military, you know, whatever you, you know, go, go get x-rays because, you know, you're, you're having back issues or an MRI or whatever we've had. We don't get a bill for that type of stuff because we're active duty. The interesting thing about it, when you start, especially, I think you'd see it a lot if you were selecting, you you start seeing a provider out in town and something happens, you have to have a surgery, blah, blah, blah. And it's the way the insurance game is played in the United States, which is, is very, very, very interesting to me. And I don't, I don't fully understand it at all, but I've seen this, these examples. An example I use was when I had my, I had my splenectomy. I got rushed out into Tampa General, uh, MRIs, ride, seven days in intensive care transfusions, all this kind of crap. I was an E5 at a time. And within probably a month, I think I had convalescent leave for about a month. I come back to Tampa and I start getting bills for all this stuff. And I got bills for close to around $45,000 in total. This is $1999. So it's around $45,000 for my week in ICU, the surgery, all the other stuff that was involved with it, the, the uh, CAT scan, so on and so forth. So I thought, holy shit, I don't even make that much. I don't think at that time as a E5 with uh, seven years in at the time, eight years, maybe eight years. So I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, am I, am I going to have to go see Navy relief? Am I going to have, what the hell, what the hell do I do? I went and took those bills and I went to the TRICARE office at McDill at the hospital and said, I, can you help me with these? I don't know what to do. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll take them. They took them. Well, then I start getting invoices, like a, a like a payment. So out of the $15,000, give or take, or out of the $45,000, excuse me, TRICARE paid for about $15,000 of that, which caused me like, oh, holy shit, do I owe 30 grand? That's still uh, E5 money. That that's that's a That's a bridge too far. I walk back in. I go, who the hell owes this other thirty thousand dollars? They're like, don't worry about it. This just goes away. We we only pay for if an ambulance ride is is five hundred bucks, and the insurance company says, well, ambulance rides for us are two hundred, and that's what we're going to pay you. That three hundred bucks vanishes. It goes somewhere. You know, it's it goes to the business costs of or the the overhead of the medical facility or whatever the hell it is. But it was very. It was a hard thing to wrap my head around, you know, especially because you think about some folks that don't have insurance out there. And you're like, well, that that girl or that gal would be paying 45k because I can guarantee you the the medical provider is not going to work with them at all. It's just the way the insurance 
business is structured within the United States and the nuances with it, you're, you're going to see these bills where I, you know, go to the dentist and you, you, they did a procedure and they paid, you know, 500 bucks and the procedure was 2000 and it just vanishes. It's, it's extremely strange. It's the way the game is played and I've seen it uh, repeatedly. And I start seeing a lot more being retired now. Yeah, so, and that's once again another good point is that you are going to get some bills if you're if you're retired if you're active duty like you said you did the right thing you went took all the bills you went to the Tricare office or you call Tricare and nowadays you go to the portal you upload all your bills and you submit a claim saying hey I got billed three grand for an ER visit I'm active duty what the heck and then sometimes they ask you to they have they send you this other form a third party a third party something form that they send you and say you third party it. liability. For a reinsurance claim, which right. if this is something that's in my alley, right? So if you're not familiar with what reinsurance is, because uh, I had to deal with this too. My back went out a couple years ago. I spent all day in the ER. I get this bill for like $10,000 because they did a CT scan and stuff. And I called them and they said, uh, TRICARE, they were like, yeah, we never got a third party liability form from you saying that it wasn't as a result of a third party. Like if you get into a car crash. Right. And then you go to the hospital and you make a claim with your insurance, your insurance company, they'll pay the bill. But then they're going to go back and say, hey, uh, this guy's insurance company, the guy who caused the accident uh, owes us for this. Right. So, yeah. And so you'll get those forms sometimes and then you have to fill those out. So yeah. that's uh, I mean, that's TRICARE in a nutshell. Of course, there's people that specialize in TRICARE and I encourage Anyone to reach out to those TRICARE benefit advisors, which almost every medical facility has. I have an office where you can sit down and you should be able to speak to a TRICARE expert um, in person usually. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Portsmouth still has one, but I know Portsmouth had a TRICARE office there. Uh, and so did Little Creek and in various spaces around the country should have a traffic, tri, uh, TRICARE benefits advisor that can definitely uh, give you more insight as to what to do and what not to do. Also, dental and vision guys, remember, uh, you know, uh, under TRICARE, under BenFeds, uh, you now can apply for TRICARE dental and vision coverage. Um, and so if you, if, if, if you're in that place where you, where you want some added coverage on top of the VA or you, you need glasses for your kids or dental work, Dental, dental work, by the way, is super expensive. And that's ridiculous how much they charge you for dental care. But, mm -hmm. you know, you have a little coverage there. You know, uh, that also benefits through, through, uh, through, uh, through, their, through their plan. It used to be called F, F uh, Fed VIP Vision, but now it's called BenFeds. And it's both, um, you, you go in there, you can choose your plan, whether it's, um, what are the, some of the, uh, Aetna is one of them. I think uh, Mutual of Omaha is another one. There's different plans that you can elect and whether you want the base level plan or you want the top level plan. And it gives you the cost breakdown for that as well. So one thing so, too, I want to add to that is if you're hundred percent permanent total, the VA will take care of the service member, the veterans, whatever dental and vision. So, mm -hmm. and, and it's pretty easy to, get the appointments because that's the those, those are the folks they're seeing are the 100% folks so it's not nearly as busy as the primary care and things like that to get appointments so leverage that too as well and I think there's plans that you can go through them as well to get your family enrolled 
as you know, you're hundred percent for, they're obviously not going to go to the VA, but there's, there are plans out there to uh, take care of that as well as another added option. Right. And I think you mentioned something earlier, Mike, about enrollment time. So typically uh, when you enroll into new, if you want to change your, your TRICARE plan uh, and open enrollment starts in November, and then at that point, you can either switch to prime, you can switch to select or whatever you want to make. Also, guys, remember that there is life-changing events. So if you are transitioning from the military, that's a life-changing event, right? Uh, you are moving from one job to another. You're relocating to another. That Those are life-changing events. And so then you can call TRICARE and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. I need to enroll or I need to, oh, uh, I just had a child or, you know, um, you know, moving overseas or whatever the case may be. Those kind of life changing events will allow you to enroll into plans outside of the normal enrollment window, so to speak. So. Some, something else to think about before we move on to VA healthcare too. Um, you know, look at what your spouse's employers have and your new employer has, because there's a thing you may not know about yet. I don't know if they talk about it in the TRICARE healthcare class, but you can do what's called a coordination of benefits to where if you reach the insurance, the, the limits of whatever, you know, your one plan will cover, you can actually use both plans. Um, it, there's some rules behind, I'm not going to go into it because I could sit here and talk about it for an hour, but uh, that is something too, like you want to look at that, like, Hey, how does my plan when you're making that decision to do prime or select, how does this fit into, you know, this other employer's plans uh, or my spouse's employer? Cause that's, you were talking about the dental, like I'm on my wife's dental insurance. Cause it's actually a lot cheaper than the federal dental or uh, dental envision one. So good. Yeah, that's good. And that's <clears> what I'm looking at now. You, when you're looking at those different dental plans, right? Uh, so you have different corporations that handle or different uh, health, you know, dental providers. I has one of them. Blue Cross Blue Shield has one Delta dental MetLife, United Concordia, which United Concordia is what covers our active duty dental. That's who, that's who is, does us, uh, takes care of us, uh, our dental needs while we're on active duty. Or let's say you're a recruiter, you're a recruiter out in the middle of Ohio and you need dental care and there's no dental clinic, military dental clinic. You use United Concordia Dental, they assign you a dental provider that's in network or out of network and then you go there. And the same thing, uh, you know, and all, a lot of these plans also cover international healthcare too. So vision, same thing. You have Aetna, Blue Cross Blue Shield, MetLife, United Healthcare, and VSP Vision Care. Um, those are the different vision plans when you, when you're seeking that out through benefits. Uh, One through thing too, website. I want to mention as we're talking about employers, when you're doing your uh, compensation negotiations, depending on who it is, and it's, this is not carte blanche across the board, but depending on where you're going, what you're doing, how big the company is, so on and so forth, you can leverage the fact that you have this healthcare already secured and decline what the employer is offering at a cost savings for them, knowing that, that you can use to somewhat leverage for your uh, salary negotiations or whatever other compensation you're looking for. I've been 50-50 on it. Uh, so like I said, it's not a carte blanche that you can just say uh, no and I want more money. Sometimes some of these smaller places have, you know, they have to have the, the plan with that specific company is a, a specific quota. So you may be required 
to mm -hmm. under their compensation package, you have to be enrolled in the most basic plan they have or whatever. That's probably going to cost you next to nothing anyway, but you, you, they take that leverage away from you because they have a quota to meet in order to maintain their costs for the, the entire uh, company that, that they're operating. So just keep that in mind. Like I said, I've been 50, 50 on it, but it is a potential tool later on to use in regards to compensation for your next career path. No, that, yep. I've seen that happen as well. Uh, like you're saying, certain companies in order to, uh, to use Blue Cross Blue Shield, they need to have uh, 500 enrollees into the healthcare plan to keep their, their premiums, let's say at hundred bucks a month. If you fall below that 500, then your premium goes up to 150 bucks a month. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you're right. Um, so Deers, you know, like I said before, uh, you're going to, you're going to need to contact Deers uh, right after you get out uh, and you have your DD 214 and everything is established and you need to call them um, over the phone. Or like most of us do, we go into the closest ID card center and you schedule an appointment and you update your Deers, uh, your Deers information. Just make sure you have the right paperwork, DD 214, birth certificates, passports, state IDs, whatever IDs they require at the time. Um, if you're in the middle of nowhere, Montana, and there is nothing close by and you say, Jose, where am I going to get my ID card from? Well, then there's the Rapids ID card website that you can go to and you type in your location and it's going to show you the nearest National Guard base or the nearest reserve center or Air Force base or whatever that has an ID card in it that you can drive to. Sometimes they're 30 minutes away. Sometimes you may have to drive two hours uh, or three hours away, depending on where you're at. Uh, and then overseas, well, U.S. embassies will have the ability to make ID cards. You'll have to schedule appointments through that U.S. embassy. Uh, or sometimes, let's say if you're in England and you're close to Lincoln Heath Air Force Base or in, you're in Germany or wherever else like that, you can go to the closest base and you can get your ID cards, um, dear service centers there. So that, that's pretty simple to, to figure out once when you're at that position, when you're ready to do that. Um, you know, when you're looking at VA healthcare, right? You know, uh, how to enroll. A lot of people don't know that they have to enroll or they don't know that they get an ID card from the VA. And, and that's also very important. You do get a veteran health identification card, right? That's the same ID card that if you separate from the military allows you to go to the base uh, and with uh, another, an additional form that they have it allows you to get on base privileges if you're, uh, if you're just regularly separated from the military. But you do need that veteran health identification card. A lot of people kind of overlook it because, yeah, I got TRICARE. Why do I need to go to the VA? Um, we've stated several reasons why you need to go to the VA just in the last 20, 30 minutes we've been talking. You know, it's important that you enroll into VA healthcare as well because you're going to have two forms of health insurance. You're going to have your TRICARE from being retired, but you're also going to have all your service-connected eligibility that you can go to the VA for. So all those items that were service-connected, uh, you know, through the VA, I recommend that you have, that you do make your VA appointments. It, it, it doesn't have to be every week unless you want to, uh, but it could be every few months. You'll sit down with your VA PCM, go through all your service-connected issues and say, yeah, this is better, this is worse, this is the same, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because that is going to help you in the long run when service-connected issues that were 0%, 10%, 20% 
are not getting any better. They're starting to hurt more. Now you're thinking about, man, I need to submit a claim to increase my 10 to 20 or my 30 to 50. What do I got to do? Well, you have it all there. You've been seen by the VA several times. It should be easier and smoother to request those increases because you have a track, you, you have a trail of crumbs that you've left behind for the VA to look at and say, yeah, Jose's back is getting worse. Mike's knee is getting worse. Trevor's elbow is getting worse. It's all here. I told you I should have worn those elbow pads. Yeah, uh, you should have. The rappel tower (laughs) all those years ago. You guys just laughed at me. (laughs) Hey, quick question on that too, because um, if you don't keep on that stuff, uh, you know, this is something I need to improve my intelligence on. Uh, Like if you don't go in, like I I got a guy that lives down the street from me. I call him uh, Mike Savior. Um, (laughs) He's he's got sleep apnea, but he's like, yeah, I haven't gotten checked out. He's like, I don't even use my CPAP. He's like, can they take that away from me? Yes, they can. You know why? Because it's to the VA, it looks at it. If you have these issues uh, and some some of us, uh, you know, you'll experience this. If you have these issues, and the VA looks in your record and periodically they'll go through your record and they'll look at your service connected conditions. And they're, they're going to want to see if your conditions are getting worse or the same. And every once in a while, they'll call you, they'll set up exams for you to go in. Um, personal experience. I had one of those exams for my PTSD, right? Which was rated at 50% at the time, you know, and they call me in and they say, Hey, you have an exam scheduled to see a PT, you know, to see a counselor over your PTSD. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go in and I'm like, what is this for? Oh, we're just doing an evaluation. We're just seeing how you're doing. Um, as a result of that evaluation, which I didn't schedule, I didn't ask for, I wasn't expecting. Out of the result of that evaluation and from what I spoke to the provider about and what was already in my record from just going to my counseling appointments at the VA, my rating went from 50 to 70 without without any effort on my part, just making sure I... I I attended that visit, you know, oh, so, that's awesome. you know what I mean? So in some cases, these conditions will happen. These exams will occur, you know, and in, and it could also happen on the negative side too, where you're going to get a letter in the mail and say, Hey, um, your plantar fasciitis improved. Uh, we're going to drop your rating from 20 to 10 or from 30 to 20. And you're like, what? And then you, and you, you make, you complain about it. Like, well, you know, we see that you haven't been to the doctor. So we assumed everything is fine. We assumed you're good to go. You haven't been to the doctor. You haven't needed any medication. Uh, you haven't really complained of pain. So uh, yeah, we felt that it was better. So we dropped it from 20 to 10. Squeaky so wheel gets whammy. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That can be a double whammy too, especially if it's bilateral. So right. you just, you know, you may have dropped 10% and another 10% from the other side too. So. Right. So, so those are things to consider, especially when you're enrolling in the VA. So what do I do for people that are transitioning out? How do I help them enroll in the VA? Well, if you're on active duty, what I do is we have a VA, a military treatment facility to VA referral form that we fill out that you as my service, you as my enrollee fill out, you fill that out for me. And then I, I look in across the, the VA network, it's called the VA liaison program. And let's say, Mike, you're moving to California and you want to go, you're going to move to Oceanside and I need to find the closest VA to Oceanside, California. I have you fill this form out. I reach out to that VA liaison in Oceanside, California and say, hey, 
hey, I got I got a service member, Mike. He's going to be relocating the Oceanside. He separates on the 30th of September. He's going to need follow-on VA care. By you providing me that form and filling out that VA liaison prep sheet, that case manager is going to call you. And by the time you hit the ground in California, you're already going to have your first VA appointment set up. You may not have your DD-214 in hand. You may not have any of that stuff yet, but at least you're going to have your initial assessment appointment with the VA to make sure that all your, that your transitioning from DOD healthcare to VA healthcare is happening in a smooth process. Okay. So that's something that happens that ha you should, if you're getting out one way or another, being medically retired or retiring, uh, retiring after 20, 30 years of service, you need to ask about that VA liaison program. And you need to reach out. If you know the VA you're going to, you need to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm separating. How can I set up care now? And they'll walk you through how to do that. So that helps out a lot of service members instead of waiting until, you know, instead of waiting until the last moment and you get, you hit the ground in your new location. You don't even know where the VA is. You're out of medications. You don't have a PCM. You're in pain. It's two o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, now what do I do? I've got to go to the ER, right? So Use that VA liaison program. Use the OIF. They used to call it the OIF OEF clinic. Uh, use that program to to get to get the healthcare you need prior to you getting out, if possible. Then once you know, once you're once you're there, everyone says, "Oh, just register online. You can enroll for the VA online." I don't like telling people that. I say, "Go to the VA. Go to that building, so you can know where you're going to be driving to." So you know how busy it is. Especially so you know if you're going to the one in Hampton. Right. Yeah. You got to know what traffic patterns are. You know how the line is. You know, when you walk into that one in Hampton, I think I remember the registration desk is off to the right as soon as you get into those main double doors. And you're there. Sometimes you're there 20 minutes and some there's, sometimes you're there two hours. You know, know get to know your facility. So, or like me, my appointment was at nine o'clock on Tuesday. I had a phone call from the VA at like 8.04. I look at it um, and I don't have a voicemail. So I'm like, well, if they were canceling, uh, they would have left a voicemail. Obviously I'm still freaking go. So, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know what the heck it was about the phone call. I missed it. Hop in the car, jet up to Hampton. When I got out of the car after finding the one parking spot, you think Portsmouth's bad. I think, the, the parking at the Hampton VA at nine o'clock in the morning rivals Portsmouth at eight on any day. I found that one parking spot that I could get, pull in, get out of the car, look at my phone. Oh, guess what? I got a voicemail now. Uh, hey, Mr. Riggs, uh, we're just calling to let you know that your appointment today at nine o'clock was canceled. Son of a bitch. Classic. Yep. Get back in the car, turn around, come back and uh, head to work. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Try to, you know, I guess the, the moral of the, you know, you got to make those appointments with the VA um, there and the, you know, the other thing in my experience too, it's kind of a, and I think some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, we're in occupations that it means everything to deploy and to be a part of the team and just go and go and go and go. And I think sometimes and this is just my opinion, but sometimes some of the Navy medicine, I think, you know, you've been a part of this for a long time. A lot of times it was put a band in on it, slap you on the ass and go back into the fight. So 
it may be a little bit eye-opening when you go to the VA for the first few times and they go, well, hold on a second. You need to be seen for this and you need to be seen for this and you need to be seen for this. And you're like, what in the hell's wrong with me? Um, you know, it kind of opens up a little bit of a Pandora's box on, you know, you're just slapping Bondo on the car and, and uh, spraying over stuff for the 20, 30 years. And then you finally start seeing these folks and you're like, Ooh, Hey man. Uh, yeah, we really need to look at this a little bit deeper and look at this a little bit deeper and look at this. And, you know, that was, that was uh, quite eye opening for me. I'm still going through it. Um, but really just trying to figure out, I guess, where I'm really at from the healthcare side of things after being the one that, you know, you know, every five year dive physical. Uh, yep. I'm good to go. Cause I want to keep my dive pay. I want to keep diving. I want to keep, you know, keep part of the community. And I think sometimes uh, our, our staff would be more than happy to help us continue on that. But then there's a point eventually where the wheels may fall off or it may look like, it, you know, the wheels are falling off when it's really just, I think part of the process of transitioning from a, you know, a maintenance type of, uh, healthcare or whatever you want to call it, you know, just trying to keep us in the fight to, uh, actually looking at, you know, what's the real root cause and what the hell is going on here. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this is that healthcare in the United States is reactionary. It always has been. And I think it always will be reactionary because we wait until you're bleeding for us to do something about it. Right. We wait for your, for your back to be broken for us to finally take action. And, and, and in some countries, the healthcare is a little bit more preventative where they do a lot more things to try to mitigate, you know, uh, the potential for you to get diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever it is. Right. But we do everything's in a reactionary manner and that's military healthcare is no different. Military healthcare is very reactionary. Like you just said, you know, you're going to come down with the IDC, you come down the hall, Hey doc, I need some Motrin. Okay, here you go. You know? Uh, and then, and then it's after deployment that you come to me and say, hey, man, my shoulder has been hurting me this whole time. I just kept on pushing through. And then we do an MRI and you have a complete rotator cuff tear of all four muscles of the rotator cuff, you know, of all of them. And it's like, wow, now what? Well, you need surgery now. You're, you're, we're going to have to MPQ you because, because now it's too late. You know, so. so okay, yeah. I'll do it after this deployment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's usually what happens. And that's, well, uh, okay. Uh, well, I'll be the ops guy. So I'm not going to go out the door anymore. So I'll be okay. Is usually what I got. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the number one guy on the door anymore or on this or on that, or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, whatever the excuse was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'll let, yeah. I'll have someone else do it. So, so anyway, and that, you know, that rolls into what we, I think we're, we weren't recording yet, but that rolls into the uh, limb do phase mm -hmm. and then rolls into, uh, you know, the uh, med board type of mm -hmm. stuff. And um, then people, uh, you know, it can be a little bit shocking, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. uh, what their what their options are because they're dictated. They're, there really isn't an option, you know, for some folks. They're out, you know, after that yeah. first med board. You may get what well, I think I've seen it. It's rare, but you get a second limb do extension for another six months. Uh, I think third one's pretty much unheard of in my experience, but yep, uh, correct. yeah. So they, they go through the med board and then the med board turnaround time is very short, can be very, very, very short. Uh, funny story when, you know, talking about my splenectomy earlier, uh, 1999, 
I go in to see a, the doc for a follow-up for my splenectomy. I'd done all my surgeries out at Tampa general. I'm going back to McDill to see it was an air force doc. I go in there and, uh, funny it's, it's kind of, it's hilarious and stupid at the same time. But she says to me, uh, do you have any plans? And I was like, well, shit, you mean, uh, this is awesome. I mean, yeah, let's go out. You know, I don't have any plans. What are you doing later? She's like, no dumbass. Uh, what are your plans after the, ma- the military, the Navy? Cause you're out, you're done. Crash and uh, burn Mike. Yep. Like totally <laughs> killed my career and killed my chances of dating a physician all within the scope of like 10 seconds. So it's a bad day, <laughs> but you know, long story short, uh, I end up finding out the splenectomy is disqualifying for service, but not disqualifying for diving. So somehow I managed to go and get my dive physical after my, my record somehow mysteriously disappeared out of the med board's office, but, uh, and it never got back there. Uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up back in the UD community after losing pretty much everything and was being med boarded out by the air force. And they are different criteria, depending on the service on their tolerances of med boards, you know, like ADHD, CPAPs, all that kind of stuff. There are, service uh different services have different thresholds and different occupations obviously have different thresholds on their tolerance on what what they're going to allow you to continue on and what what what's not what's going to disqualify you i actually have a guy lined up for the next season to talk about that who's going through med board but jose i know you gotta go uh sorry i know we kept you a little bit longer than we were supposed to i enjoy this we appreciate it and uh, well, I, you know, it may warrant bringing you back again next season and uh, going a little deeper into the VA healthcare because I know that's that's typically like a big one where there's a huge knowledge gap. So appreciate, yeah. No problem. Thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. Hopefully, this helps uh, helps at least one person out. I consider that a success if it does that. So as do All I. Right. All right. Well, thanks, thanks again. again. We, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Okay. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.